It's the Wayne Coito Show. Let me bring down my mic a little bit. I had to change machines this morning because, okay, this morning, just tonight, because you know I always check last minute for my my engineering, but we got to go in right now, and it is Wednesday night, it is hump day, and we're getting excited because Saturday means another day of college football, and uh, if you're a Hawaii fan, which chances are you are if you're listening to the show, um, the Bows play at Oregon State, and I'll be heading out. It's going to be my actual first time there at uh, Corvallis to see a game. I actually visited the campus with my dad and my brother on a long road trip a long time ago, but uh, I still haven't been back to actually see a game, and we've played there a few times, so um, not an easy place to play, excuse me, uh, as we know, so we'll see how it goes, but big win this past week for UH football. We can talk about that. If you got any comments about that, uh, we also didn't have any fans in the stands, so, or did we? Because I may or may not have come across a video sent to me by an unnamed fan. Actually, I don't even know who he is or she. Could be a, a woman, man, by gender. I don't know. Could be somebody who managed to get into the game to watch Hawaii versus Portland State. So just saying, I might have seen a video on Instagram of somebody that uh, posted uh, seeing Calvin's amazing run live, which would have been amazing to see that live for sure. Uh, I'm referencing Calvin Turner's amazing, uh, it was basically, he caught the ball in the backfield, uh, moving to Shevin's right, um, he's in the flat, he's actually behind Shevin, behind the line of scrimmage, so it would have been a fumble, I mean, it was a backwards lateral, and when he caught the ball, uh, Shevin threw it like a normal pass, though, he threw it backwards, um, he already had defenders on him, it's probably supposed to be a screen or something, uh, and because the screen broke down, Calvin was able to, even though he was about 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage, reverse field, go all the way back from the right side to the left side, to the quarterback's left side, and then manage to find uh, an, an, an opening and scamper all the way to the end zone. And that was maybe about, what, 40-yard touchdown. Um, pretty amazing just to see it uh, on television as a Hawaii fan, but... Even crazier to see it on ESPN and to see it as a sports center top 10 play. So pretty, pretty cool thing for any athlete to see themselves on ESPN. But to get that coveted spot on the sports center top 10 is pretty cool. So congrats to Calvin. And uh, congrats also to the team that was able to down Hawaii football in week zero. A game that I was unfortunately... At, I won't say unfortunately. I was I was happy always to be at a game to support Hawaii, but it was so hot, and then we you know got creamed. But the Bruins uh, did the same thing to LSU. Maybe not cream them by as much, but they they took it to LSU, who is obviously an SEC team. Doesn't matter if this isn't Joe Burrow's national championship LSU team. This is still a great team with SEC talent, and UCLA was able to pummel them at home, which is pretty cool because. Uh, it definitely makes the, the game against Hawaii seem not as bad, I'll just say. Because it was, like, I, I know last week I talked about this, and you were listening to the Rainbow Wrap-Up as well, which we 
um, have been releasing every Thursday night, late Thursday nights after we record it. Uh, Sean Iman and I, uh, Shane Agno, Alalo had, we've been uh, doing this podcast on uh, that you can listen to on your Friday morning commutes. I always say it's a Friday morning commute podcast. It's about 40 minutes long, and it's uh, we just talk about UH football. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about our predictions for the year and how we had imagined Hawaii getting off to a better start, possibly even beating UCLA, some of us would say, like me. I'm some of us. But now seeing UCLA play LSU and seeing, uh, you know, Zach Charbonnet, their, their running back, do basically what he did to Hawaii, to an SEC team. I mean, that's pretty impressive. So I don't think, I, I'm, not, I'm not as down on the loss as I, as I was last week, for sure, for Hawaii uh, against UCLA. Still not a great thing to have to, um, you know, lose by five touchdowns to anybody. So, I mean, whether it's UCLA or whether it's Alabama, like, you shouldn't be getting that pounded. I mean, and like I said, I've, I'm used to it. I've, I've seen it so much in, in the history of this team uh, and traveling and following this team. Um, and that's something I want to talk about today. This week I talked about I'm going to be going to uh, you know, Research Stadium in Corvallis, Oregon to see our Bows line up against Oregon State Beavers. Uh, last year the team had a chance to play in Oregon as well, but in Autzen Stadium at the University of Oregon. But that game uh, was totally canceled. No non-conference games last year. And that's really sad. That would have been an amazing opportunity for Hawaii to play there. I'm still going to actually go to Eugene and, and check out... Uh, you know, the University of Oregon campus, there's actually a women's volleyball tournament going on. So I don't know if any of you who are going to be at the game on Saturday, if you're going to be in Oregon at the time uh, or the night before. I know Oregon, University of Oregon is hosting a, a volleyball tournament. And it has some pretty good teams. I believe Stanford is in it and maybe not Stanford since they're in the Pac-12. I thought I saw Stanford. Somebody, some good teams in it. Nebraska, maybe. Um, so I want to check that out, check out some of Oregon. Um, and if not, uh, you know, maybe I won't get back in time for NFL, NFL week one as well. So if you want to go to Rams, Bears, Rams versus Bears, the first game in SoFi history, hit me up. I got some good tickets in our, our Hawaii sports fans section as well. So a big weekend for that. Uh, but this past weekend, the first time seeing Hawaii football, not in Aloha Stadium, uh, was a little bit of a revelation. Even though we all knew that Aloha Stadium would no longer be, you know, the host for Hawaii football games, it's still extremely sad. Um, and um, you know, I hope that uh, we're able to um, just overcome all, all of those things. Actually, I just gotta. I got a score come in, a score prediction from Brandon. Uh, Brandon says Hawaii 35, OSU 28. So I really hope so. I think the way that Hawaii has played, this, this could be a chance for Hawaii to, um, you know, get a, get a big win on the road and make up for that UCLA game. I personally didn't have Hawaii winning this game. Uh, it's, it's a tough place to play, but I, like you, some of you know, I predicted Hawaii to beat UCLA, and that didn't happen, so... We'll see. You know, I, I think with our team, I think our, 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 the way that they played, the way that they came out against Portland State, the way that they came out with so much energy and like a true desire to put their foot on the, gra uh, on the gas. You know, like seeing the team, like the defense play that aggressively and 
seeing the offense just really want to get in the end zone. Like, if they play that way, of course it's Portland State. It's not Oregon State, but, um, you know, it, it's something that would be really cool. Uh, Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon State lost to Purdue last week. Um, still, they, uh, they only lost by nine points. It looks like it was uh, the second and third quarter that they let Purdue get away from them. I didn't see the game, but it's hard to tell. I mean, they played another Power 5 team in the week one, so it's hard to tell what Oregon State's going to look like. But definitely all we can worry about right now is Hawaii and worry about what the Bows look like on the field. And uh, UCLA is a game in the past, but now we know UCLA is, is ranked. They're ranked 16th, I believe, in the AP poll. And that's a huge, that's huge for UCLA because the Brewers haven't been ranked for a long time, a really long time. And especially in LA where USC is, is really the, um, you know, has, has been the better program overall for a long time. Um, it's kind of neat to see UCLA, uh, you know, start to claim some ground here. But it's still really early. UCLA did beat Hawaii, they beat LSU, but they still have to play USC. So that would probably be a, a game to watch as well. But for Hawaii, uh, not playing in a low stadium, it, it brought back a lot of, um, you know, some of the memories of, of being there. For me as a fan, sitting in the front row crew, sitting in uh, section B, as in boy, in the south end zone. The first row, which was actually row three, so it's kind of confusing, but it was the first row and it was on those bars. Some of you remember in the south end zone, those uh, oxidated, rusty bars, just like the rust that you can find basically all over the entire stadium, which has festered for years now. And we know that that's the reason why Aloha Stadium is no longer uh, you know, apt or suitable for fans or to hold fans. And that's really sad. But seeing how Aloha Stadium was created, I wasn't born yet, actually, in 1975 when the, when the stadium first opened. Um, but getting a, a idea of the times and of the program and where the program wanted to be. Uh, and by the program, I also mean the state. And that's the thing that I, I think has changed a lot that we don't talk about enough is how Hawaii football fits within you know, our state government and, and, and politics and legislature and, and not just like culture, because culturally, I think UH football has a really important place in local culture, in Hawaii culture. And if it loses that place, it can go away. Uh, I, I mean, I think, and that's the thing that's scary for me is Hawaii football is definitely expendable, especially with the changing landscape in college football. We talk about players starting to get paid and, and programs in the mainland starting to really build and and you know, find contracts, NIL contracts for their players. So things are changing in the landscape of college football. Is Hawaii football going to be able to keep up? I'm not sure. But we need to be honest and we need to understand that to, in order to sustain this program, it needs to grow its fan base, first of all. And not just grow its donors. Yes, if you grow, if you find, if you, if you manage to get Jeff Bezos and, I don't know, a few guys in his ilk, actually just Jeff Bezos by himself, let's face it, or... A bunch of rich people, yes, you could probably sustain a program for a little while, right? Which is people donating. So money does do a lot for a team. And, and one rich person could theoretically own a team, even a college team, own it in a way of paying, be the biggest donor, and then be the only fan because the rest of the fans are blocked out. And it's almost starting to feel that way at UH. And that's not a good thing at all. Um, what else is not a good thing is a lot of people have donated and 
got their calls to be able to sit in the stadium, but now that because Aloha Stadium or the new because TC Ching is not taking fans uh, right now, they basically donated for nothing because by the time the stadium opens next year, for sure by next year, hopefully we're saying that now. Or, I mean, we're hoping it it opens later this season, but um, you know it'll be up to 15k and everybody will be able to get in next year. So when we open Aloha Stadium and and we had the aspirations to be a big Division One program, and the governor at the time was behind this movement to go to Division One um, and play at a high level in 1975. That energy has been lost. Clearly, that energy is not there anymore when it comes to the governor, when it comes to the legislature, when it comes to its place in Hawaii culture. Because, first of all, we, we see it in the crowds at home. The home crowds, which were close to 50,000 a lot early in the early days, and in the 80s, we're talking in the 40s, and then starting to dwindle a little bit, but still big numbers, maybe averaging in the 30s until we got to the 2000s where it's just been a free fall. And for me, a big red flag, and I talked about this a lot, was the San Diego State game, um, one of the last home games in Hawaii football history. That was a division title game. The winner wins the West, and Hawaii won that and went on to play Boise in the, WAC, or in the Mountain West Championship. And it was disappointing because, uh, first of all, it was an amazing win. Uh, I was crying after the game. I was happy. It was 14 to 11, but a crazy final score. And it was an amazing moment for me as a fan. And I felt like not that many people got to share it with us because there were hardly anybody there. It was like 20,000 people there for a championship. And that scares me because... That's like the ceiling. That's basically the ceiling. And I mean, it may not be 20. The ceiling for Hawaii football is probably, it's not 50 anymore. It's like, I don't think we're going to get to 50K. So, you know, when we're talking about building the new stadium and it's 35K, are we even going to fill that? Because 15K, I think we're going to have a little, some issues filling. And that's the biggest issue. It's like how we're trending as a program is not in the right direction. We're not going... We're not going upward, especially if we, even if we, even if circumstances such as the pandemic keep people from entering the stadium, keep people from being able to watch home games, you're still going to lose people, whether you like it or not. And for me, I'll just take, for me, for instance, right? A lot of you know I haven't missed a game at home till last year, since 2007. I went 14 years. 13, 14 seasons without missing a home game. Obviously, I, I didn't have a chance to get in because you know I'm just a fan, but that's, that's affected me. It affected my desire to go to games, even though I'm still going to go to every road game and, and whatever. Whenever you keep somebody out, whenever you keep somebody from doing something that they really, really, really want to do, even if they, or even if they just mildly want to do it, and have been doing it for years. The minute you, you give them an excuse to stop doing that is the minute they stop caring as much as they used to. Um, and as we already see it with people that have watched UH football, when they were told you need to start paying $70, $80 a game, um, that's so cost prohibitive, first of all. Anyways, even for somebody that loves UH football, that's cost prohibitive. But you're for people that are on the fence, for people on the fringes, for people that just mildly support the team, 
you're, you've lost them forever. And we've seen that already. I've already talked to people, you know, before the game on Saturday morning, calling people that I know, you know, or family that I've talked to saying, hey, you're going to watch the game? Like, you know, you, where are you going to watch the game? Or what well, we usually tell each other on, the, on Saturday mornings. And what I got was, wait, what game? Oh, wait. What'd your game get? Oh, UH game. UH got, that's already a problem. If we have to explain to people that there's a UH game. That's not a good thing for Hawaii. That's not a good thing for athletics in general, especially your flagship program for the whole uh, department, which is football. And I think that is what's going to be something that, um, you know, will ultimately be how Hawaii football emerges once fans can get back in and once the stadium situation is taken care of. Because we might not need to go to a new Aloha Stadium. I mean, 15K on campus might be enough. And if Hawaii is playing in FCS, I mean, playing Portland State every week or a Portland State team like Weber or Southern Utah or something, Eastern Washington, which just beat UNLV again. Um, so that's, that's, that's one way that we're trending, which makes me very nervous. But Aloha Stadium is, is a good metaphor for the program as well, how over time it just started to rust. It started to be neglected. Um, and, and whether people want to s- don't believe that they neglected it, they did. If you weren't a part of building the fan base, if you weren't a part of building the excitement of UH football over the years and you were get up getting paid, especially to do so, to do your job, then you failed. You've been derelict in your job because Hawaii football is losing fans at an astronomical rate, at a crazy clip. And now we're losing fans more and more every week, period. There's more and more people that are just going to stop caring about this team. Um, and that is, that's what makes me the most nervous. But there are some hardcores left, and one of them, uh, like I said, even got into the game. So if you were able to get into the game... Even though the game had no fans, uh, leave, leave a comment. Um, Sean says, I hate the Beavers. I can see that. I hate the Beavers. Um, well, and Sean says, they are dirty. And if we do remember, they actually sent some literature, recruiting literature, to our players, Hawaii players, when Coach Rolovich was a coach a couple of years ago. Actual players that were already signed by another program, sending them recruiting letters. Now, that's crazy. That's just insane. Uh, but somehow that was, they managed to do that at Oregon State, which is, which is crazy. Um, Brandon says, no, turnover, no turnovers equals no loss. Yes, and turnovers are going to play a huge factor in this game. No doubt, because when you're on the road, especially, you have to take care of the ball. You have to sustained drives i mean for me it's really those just turnovers are horrible for one thing obviously but three and outs are are almost as bad especially when you can't get a first down especially when you don't run that much time off the clock you know we're throwing incomplete passes or you know we're not getting yardage somehow and we're not moving the clock that's going to be dangerous as well um so hopefully we can from the very beginning of the game Either get a turnover, get a get some kind of sucker punch in, maybe get a quick score. That'll definitely, uh, you know, change the complexion of the game. I think right off the bat, if we are able to do that. Let's see what the line is on the game. Actually, 
looking right now in Vegas. Some of the Vegas lights. Excuse me, jeez. Okay, I can't have. Goodness gracious. Excuse me. Hopefully, that's just a little sneeze. That's all that was. Just a little allergies. So I'm drinking my turmeric and green tea to try and stay healthy. This is what a fan's got to do when you're flying all the time. You got to stay completely healthy. And, uh, you know, I don't want to miss this Oregon State Hawaii battle, of obviously, myself. Um, but the line, I believe, is 11. Uh, Oregon State giving 11 points. And uh, I could see that. Yeah, that's about right. So it'll be an interesting game from the back. I mean, this is a team, a game that's winnable for Hawaii. And like I said, if it's a winnable game for Hawaii, it's definitely a winnable game for Oregon State. And they're going to want to play just as hard to, to secure this win, especially when you play in a big conference. These are the games that are the most winnable for these non-conference teams or for these Power 5 schools. So expect Oregon State to come out strong. Uh, I'm always, when I think about Oregon State and think about that stadium, I think about like a really dense fog that's on the field that is really thick. So the elements could play a big role, you know, especially if we have to throw the ball a lot. But hopefully we can get our running game going. We can get Calvin the ball. We can get Day-Day the ball. Um, we can just control the, the, the pace of the game, and, and that's going to be really important. But this last week, uh, Hawaii had no fans in, the, in, in uh, attendance. They're the only school in the country with no fans. But like I said, there was somebody that did get in, uh, so if you do go to Manoa, I'm not sure how you could get into the game, but you, um, I mean, there are a lot of points of entry. That's one thing I think at TC Ching, uh, and where it's kind of like open aired. So I, I guess if all the staff and everybody's kind of paying attention to the game, someone has manages to sneak in. So that's all I'm saying. I don't know who this person is. I just saw a photo or a video. Um, so I, th I think that that's a hardcore fan thing to do though. You know, when you really want to see a game, uh, going and, and making it happen for yourself. So that's pretty cool. Um, but that's gonna, that's where we're going and, and we're heading is as a program is we don't have enough fans like this that are willing to do something crazy and you don't have to be that crazy. Try and see a game where there's no fans, even though there's some of us that would love to do that. I think what's more important is consistently buying season tickets and consistently having Hawaii on the top of mind. It's, it's like Hawaii doesn't need to be everybody's ultimate favorite team. Like it is mine and some other people. It is for now, um, you know, unless the team pushes me away or other fans away, which it can do when, it, when you tell fans that they have to, you know, pay for this or pay for that to watch the game. It, it'll offend people and people, are, I guarantee, are already offended. And the school can still offend me, even though I, uh, even though I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, rock solid in my support, and a lot of people are. Um, anything can happen, and and that would be tough for the team to overcome. I think just given that we're not building new fans, we're not we're not breeding new fans. Um, not that people need to actually make babies to make new fans. I'm not saying that, but you know, our grandparents they made sure that our parents you know went to games and then they brought us along. And that's three strong generations, but where does it go from here? So without having fans in, this, in attendance, that definitely is going to uh, affect just your overall fan base because that's the show right there, getting people into the stands, getting people into the gates. That's really um, you know, what makes any program the success that it is, is being able to have 
uh, rabid fans that talk about you during the week on social media, that buy tickets, that wear the apparel. They're the ones that are moving your, your program along. They're the ones that are the backbone of the programs, the fans. And when that is lost, and when that is forgotten, and that seems to be a trend, that's another thing trending amongst college teams is they forget that it's fans that support their teams. And they are just chasing the dollars of a few people, individuals, who might not even be fans, but because they are rich and have money, they are courted. And they are, um, you know, treated a lot better and, and, and uh, respected. And that's one thing um, that teams need to show their fans. It is disrespectful to tell people to watch every game that they can't even get into, pay $70 to watch on TV. That's just disrespectful. And that's something that Hawaii's been able to get away with for a long time and not really have to worry about because people are still collecting their salaries. And um, it doesn't matter if the, the numbers are dwindling. It doesn't matter if the numbers are not in the 40,000s anymore for attendance or in the 30s or the 20s. Um, and now we're in the teens. That's bad. That's just bad. And that's, that needs to be a trend that's reversed. So obviously we can't get into the stadium. But when we do get in, I have a hard time believing we're going to have 9,000 even at this point. And that's sad. But I, I, it's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough climb up. And uh, ultimately, the show is supposed to be about giving Aloha Stadium its, its proper send-off. It'll probably be a common theme that I bring up a lot on the show and throughout the season. But I wanted to be there. I would have been nice to, to have our last game to understand that this would be our last time being in the stadium. But I also would have been a super sad moment. I know a lot of us have memories from family members that have passed away. We have memories of our youth, maybe even playing on the field, uh, you know, as a high school player or a Pop Warner or a college athlete. So you're going to have a very special, intimate relationship with the stadium, especially if you are a kid that loves sports like myself, who used to go to the Pro Bowl, Used to go to the Hula Bowl, used to go to the Hawaii Bowl, the Oahu Classic, whatever they had. You know, whatever the stadium was hosting, if it was a big event, you wanted to be there, right? It didn't matter. I remember I wanted to go to monster truck rallies all the time. And that is a kind of cultural place that Aloha Stadium has held. And Hawaii football has kind of latched onto that as well and been one of those attractions. Even though it's only, what, seven to eight times a year, Hawaii football was known as the main tenant. And that is a thing that symbolically I'm not sure is there anymore. The main tenant is Hawaii football that still have that platform in Hawaii. And I brought this up with Mayor Blangiardi, you know, who wants to build it up. Obviously, he has a lot of personal investment in the program as a former player, as a former coach. You know, he's the, now as the mayor, he has a lot to worry about himself uh, in his job. But I know that building UH football is a priority for him as well. If not just a private, something that he's going to be able to do right now, maybe with all the attention he has to give to the pandemic, but it's something into the future. I think we need to encourage our politicians to keep doing and to, and we need to be on them as well. If you know how much you, you rarely see any politician, uh, you know, campaigning on Hawaii football, but I would, I it would, I would be something that I would maybe not just Hawaii football, but athletics in general and public, uh, works that affect the whole community, like UH Athletics, which has a personal imprint on every resident of Hawaii, which not all teams do. 
You know, like, look how many people are affected by being a Kahuku Red Raider fan. I mean, just like people on the North Shore who don't even probably never even been to Kahuku, the, the high school campus before went to school. But there's just so much pride out there. And it's so much, um, you know, uh, just just support and fan support and fanaticism that that just comes with the territory as Kahuku. Right. And Hawaii, we don't even have that level. I don't even think like. Kuhuku level of football support. I mean, I mean, I think we have more fans, hopefully, than the North, uh, uh, one high school in the North Shore, but it's not on that level of some fanaticism that's being passed down generationally. Like, every generation needs to pass it down. And, of course, that's high school. And we're talking about college. And today I saw an article in ESPN. I don't know if you read about SMU. And they're, it's funny because I didn't see June Jones' name in that article. I want to bring that up too because they talked about SMU and its ascent into trying to become a major program. We were talking about that 15 years ago when June Jones went over there and that didn't happen while he was there. So let's also not romanticize the fact that June Jones left and made SMU much better because that did not happen. He took him to one bowl game. Um, and this is not a slight on June Jones. It's just like people always have like, oh, Hawaii left because he left because of this. He could have done more at Hawaii. He did a lot for us. I wish he was able to do more, but... I understand now, as I get older, why coaches like June and Nick Rolovich decide to, to move on because of the lack of support they really get from you know, the program in general, from the department, to be able to grow this program. Uh, Brandon says, awesome to be on the field pregame with you and Fuchsia, the Hawaii Bowl, against BYU for the last game of fans. That's right. How's it? Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, that was cool. I got to talk to Coach Rolovich, too, and... And Fuchsia and I were there, so uh, and Brandon was there as well, and that was the very last game. So that was the Hawaii Bowl in 2019, um, and to beat BYU and to do it to secure a 10-win season. I mean, that was huge for the program. And there was still it was still challenging to get fans out, and I know that Coach Rolovich was frustrated with that. I know he was. Obviously, when a Pac-12 team comes in. And co- comes calling and is offering you money, you're going to listen anyways. And We've already talked about Coach Rolovich and Washington State for a long time. But, um, <clears throat> you know, there was frustration from, from Coach just in, in the way that the team was marketed and the way that the team was being built, the way that the brand was being built. And that is something that needs to be talked about even more today because that's the only way we're going to build. And it's, not, it's going to take more than just partnering with Tokyo Dachi, which seems to be one of the few strategies. Um, it's going to be required building a very personal relationship with each fan. And that requires them developing memories, being, in the, being present for major moments, and making it a priority. On Fridays and Saturdays in, in October, in September, November, saying, hey, is there a Wahine game tonight? Is there a, uh, men's fo- is there a football game tonight? Like, that needs to be something that's always talked about on, in, in Hawaii on the weekends. Because on Friday nights, people are talking about high school football and who's playing this weekend. Oh, who? Kailua playing Castle or something. I mean, like, more people care about that like, than UH sometimes. And that, and that, is, that is something that... I. I can be remedied, but hasn't because nobody talks about it. So that's the frustrating part because, yes, like in SMU where they have to battle for you know fans with high schools that are bigger than some colleges, at least their stadiums are, 
that is a challenge. So I understand that. But in Hawaii, we have similar challenges, yet we also are small enough too that we can, you know, change that. Change that tradition. Make Hawaii Saturday night football a major tradition just as much as a Friday night football tradition. And that is one part of building the fan base. I'm only giving you a small part, but that's what we're talking about. How are we going to build this fan base so we can fill the stadiums when we can get back in? And it's frustrating because I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do that, um, given that we haven't had a good trek record. We haven't had great attendance, even leading into this season. And that's something that is going to need to change if... Um, you know, we want to make the new stadium successful and pack it with 35,000 people. And I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do that or not. But, you know, I'm hopeful that uh, this week against Oregon State, we can get a win, be 2-1. and one. Uh, It would really change people's perceptions, I think, of Hawaii if, you know, coach gets that big win on the road, especially uh, against a Power 5 team. Uh, you know, he's finally played some non-conference games. This is Coach Graham's first chance. Well, UCLA was the first chance to play a Power 5 team. Obviously, a pretty good Power 5 team, playing them on the road, playing them in the hot sun. It's a tough one. Came out with the loss. Portland State, playing them at home, my FCS team. It's an easy one. It's supposed to be, and it ended up being pretty easy. They gave away some points at the end. That was UH, but overall, you know, the team, the team uh, definitely was in control. And that is something that needs to definitely happen even more so as... Um, Hawaii football comes into its own and starts to run its plays, starts to run its philosophies to the, you know, Coach Graham's liking. And I don't know if they're there yet. And they look almost there at the bowl game last year. And then the Portland State game, they started putting it together more. So uh, now it's just uh, to see where their development is going to be for this Oregon State game. But I'm excited. So at 8 p.m., it's a late game, 8 o'clock game in Oregon, 5 o'clock in Hawaii. That's Saturday. If you're going to be there, um, send me a message. I'll be there. On, you know, I usually come and see a bunch of you guys before the game or after. Um, but it's just been, um, you know, an amazing uh, thing to see some normalcy going on again. Uh, NFL, college, and here we are in September already. Heading down the end of 2021. What a crazy, I mean, time is just flying. So let's make the most of it, guys. Stay safe. You know, stay vaccinated. Stay healthy. Keep uh, writing down all those things you want to do in your sports bucket list and send them over to me so we can make those things happen again as well. Because pandemic or not, we can still make some dreams come true. So let's do it. Uh, mahalo for joining me tonight. Uh, listen for the rainbow wrap-up. The next episode should be up uh, all over the podcast sites, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts uh, on the Hawaii Sports Fans channel. So go look it up, the Hawaii Sports Fans channel. Maybe you're on Podbean. You can join us there. Um, you can join us at Audible. Or you can find us on YouTube, Google, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Come connect with us and, and let's build that relationship as well so we can hang out on the road all right guys we'll see you next time aloha